Beautiful song, Silver Shadow Incognito. And uh, I must say, I work with the best team ever. Uh, Phineas Doba just gave me such a, a freshening, refreshing, you know, wake-up call, which I needed. <laughs> this is The Late Night Conversations. My name is Patricia Nduli. We are together until midnight. It's Closet Conversation times, as a matter of fact. We are talking today about how to treat urinary incontent. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I am Zulu. Unfortunately, uh, English is not my mother tongue. So some of these words, yeah. So it's urinary incontent. Ah! Why are we doing this thing again? Come, come, Phineas, help me. Ben, help me. Incontinence. Urinary incontinence. I am human, hey? And I am Zulu. So, yeah, sometimes these words, they just evade me. But we're talking about incontinence. And sometimes you hear uh, or you see people who might have a leak and you and you wonder, why why are you wet there? Is there something wrong? But there's actually, uh, um, sometimes it, it is due to this particular condition. And we are going to be talking to Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's uh, joining us right now. Dr. Novikova is a highly skilled gynecologist and an endoscopic surgeon practicing in both Cape Town and Johannesburg. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Novikova. Good evening, Patricia. Thank you for inviting me. Did you hear me? Did you hear me bloop and bloop and bloop on one word, incontinence? <laughs> it's a hard word. I, English is not my first language either, so I totally can relate. <laughs> and uh, we don't need to use incontinence. We can say leakage. <laughs> uh, well, um, it, the, the condition is not called urinary leakage, but incontinence. So let's, <laughs> let's stick to what it's called. For those who are listening right now, I just want to say, and no one under the age of 18 should be tuned in right now because it is one of those topics, a sensitive one. So make sure that all your kids are tucked in bed and no one who's under 18 or of a sensitive nature is tuned in. I see some of you are sending me voice notes laughing at me. It's fine. They're laughing, Prepens, it's it. Ah, it's okay, it's okay. Dr. Novikova and I are not English speakers, but here we are going ahead with this language that is so beautifully arrayed with words that are so difficult to pronounce at times. So, Doc, what is urinary incontinence? And does it only, you know, does, does it only limit itself to urine or is are there other things that could leak? Now, all kinds of things can leak. So, urinary incontinence is uh, involuntary leakage of urine or feces or wind. So, farts are kind of uh, a wind incontinence and um Loss of bladder control will lead to urinary incontinence and loss of bowel control uh, will be a feces incontinence. Hmm. So this is a condition that's really out there. Um, Now, with this particular condition, what causes it? All kinds of things. Um, Unfortunately, as we get older, we develop incontinence because we lose control of our bowel or bladder uh, with aging and it's due to nerves uh, coming to the bowel or bladder um, and just anatomical changes as the tissue changes as we age. So aging, uh, gaining weight can can lead to incontinence, to urinary incontinence. Having babies, so pregnancy, childbirth, difficult vaginal birth may end up in incontinence, either bowel or bladder. Um, 
and there could be all kinds of other things like even diabetes or chronic cough. So any kind of increase in the pressure in the tummy would lead to more pressure on the bladder and the urethra or sphincters that close the urethra and stop incontinence. So increase in abdominal pressure with gaining weight or chronic cough or constipation may lead to the urinary incontinence. Although we are talking about women, men can also develop incontinence with aging, with prostate problems, with tumors in that area, um, and diabetes, as well as kind of other chronic illnesses. So there's quite a lot of uh, causes of uh, urinary incontinence and we, we obviously need to watch out for them. But one of the things that I'm always intrigued about is since this is something that is uh, in an area, I mean, the bladder or the bowel um, area, this area is usually associated with your intimate life. So how would this then, having such a condition, impact your intimacy? Oh, terribly. First of all, it's quite an embarrassing condition and uh, lots of people are quite uh, kind of shy about it and they don't want to talk about it and they take years and years before they address the issue. There is a huge impact on intimacy because people start avoiding intimacy because of the incontinence. So it's got very negative effects on intimacy and embarrassment and shyness having this illness is quite profound i've seen women in my practice who have gone to their gynecologist every year for annual checkup and they've suffered from incontinence for 10 years and they have never mentioned this condition to their doctor because they're too embarrassed so it's very sad that we are not able to talk about it and as we are not able to talk about it, we are not getting help and not providing help that people need to treat the condition. Atimas, we are talking urinary incontinence. And yes, when I started off, it was all sorts of things and all sorts of words, either than incontinence. But that's what we're talking about with Dr. Um, Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist. And we talk about how we're going to treat this. I'd like to hear from you. And remember, you can remain anonymous. What I want to know is, have, have you you know, perhaps experienced any sort of incontinence, whether it's a wind leakage, urine leakage, or even a feces leakage? And how has this impacted you and your love life and, and your partner as well and your self-confidence? Talk to us by dialing in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Hi, Patricia. You got it now. eh? It's urinary incontinence. 
Thank you very much, A-teamers. And I'm glad that the person is also doing the correction. <laughs> Does not sound like a first language English speaker. But in any case, here we are. Uh, we have to laugh at ourselves every now and then. This is the Closet Conversations. And we are talking to Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist and endoscopic surgeon. And what we're looking at here is, like our A-teamer told us, urinary incontinence and how to treat it. It seems that uh, the, this is one of those conditions that a lot of people suffer from, but they suffer in silence for a very long time. And obviously, we don't want to be suffering. We don't want our self-confidence to be hit hard by um, the conditions that we experience, whether it's physically, emotionally, or sexually. So talk to us on 011-714-2006, or you can WhatsApp us on 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. Already have some A-teamers here on the line. Ngonde is on the line and uh, we're going to talk to him straight after this. Let me go here. Question from Joseph. Can, um, ca- can losing your virginity also be the cause for both male and females? Dr. Novikova? Uh, losing the virginity generally does not cause you in the incontinence, no. So it, However, yeah. there is a condition called honeymoon cystitis, and there's a bloody infection that people develop, women develop, as they start having sex, so especially if they did not have any sex before getting married, they get married, go on honeymoon, have lots of sex, and they develop bladder infection. And bladder infection can be a cause of urinary incontinence. So that's a cause of urinary incontinence that is quite acute. It's sudden onset, and it's easily sorted as we we treat bladder infection. But overall, losing the virginity is not the cause of urinary incontinence. So are you saying that too much sex for a woman could uh, result in a bladder infection then might have uh, urinary incontinence? That's correct. Oh, so what is too much sex? Now I'm worried. For all the ladies who are having too much sex, please. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, it's okay. It, doesn't happen. it hasn't happened to you. It's not too much. But, but Doc, what's too much? I mean, how do you know that I think, I, this one has gone you know, a bit too much? I think it's different for different people. I think if someone hasn't had sex for five years and then they have it uh, for 24 hours straight, it will be too much. (laughs) (laughs) They will need a lot of lubrication. (laughs) Okay, let's go to our 18-man. Nande is on the line. Good evening, Nande. Good evening. You must stop apologizing for being Zulu. No, right? no, no. I was not apologizing for it. I was yeah, apologizing yeah. for mispronunciation, but oh, also no. for mispronouncing an English word. It's I'm unfortunate not, that I'm not a first language English speaker. Not for being Zulu. I, 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 I don't apologize for that. I really don't care. Uh, the doctor did say urinary leakage, you know. And she, you can call it anything, you know. Anyway. Most English speakers can't speak Zulu or Kosa, but we're not there. Patricia, I'm quite intrigued about what the doctor from Ukraine has believed um, did say. It looks like this is the concussion of many conditions. Uh, I can include the IBS, internal bowel syndrome, 
you know, and she, she mentioned that fishes, lots of things. Now, the question, and prostate as well, the question is, Patricia, with our healthcare system the way it is, you know, um, can one take preventative measures, you know, uh, for this type of thing? Because I remember when I first became aware that I was diabetic, man, I definitely had that, Patricia, urinary incontinence. How did, how did that sound? <laughs> Listen, Monday, you sounded much better than I did when yeah. I started so, this Patricia, show. <laughs> when I first when I first became aware that this was the onset of diabetes, because, I mean, urine was uncontrollable, you know, but then afterwards I had treatment, metformin and whatever, and then it became okay, you know. Now, I know of all people, I'm talking about 80-odd, both gender, male and female, who definitely have got urinary incontinence and whole continents, whatever, you know, and even human fishes. It looks to me that either that is incurable or at that old age it can be curable. Can the doctor please square those circles for me? Thank you. Thank you very much, Nonde. Uh, Dr. Navikova? Thank you, Nonde. Very good question. So can urinary incontinence be prevented? Yes, it can be prevented, not in all cases, but in lots of cases. And what we can do is, first of all, is just live healthy lives, meaning eating very healthy, avoiding sugar, avoiding processed foods, and eating lots of vegetables, drinking lots of water, and avoiding drinks that irritate and stimulate bladder, such as lots of coffee or fizzy drinks, Exercise is very important, and for urinary incontinence, pelvic floor exercises are super important. So it's a kegel of exercises, squeezing muscles in the pelvic floor. And it's quite difficult to comply and do them every day and be good about them, but they do help with prevention of incontinence and a few other things that occur with aging in our pelvises. Bladder um, get impacted by diabetes for sure, and the cause of it is actually uh, high sugar levels will lead to people peeing a lot. And as you have to run to the bathroom all the time because of the diabetes, because of the high sugar levels, you end up developing incontinence and urgency or like having a feeling that you have to run all the time and not quite getting there on time. So having your chronic illnesses under control, treating diabetes will help with treating the incontinence. So general health, um, not avoiding smoking as well because smoking and nicotine interferes with blood supply to various organs, including bladder. So that can also uh, deteriorate the incontinence. Let's go to another A-teamer on the line here. Anonymous, good evening. Good evening, Patricia. Don't apologize. You are so bubbly on this side and you're so full of life. Red, and we all, we are English speaking. We also make blunders. Don't worry about you, Zulu. We are, at least you do the best you can. Right? And you say three times and you'll understand it. Urinally, 
I don't know, urinary inconsistency. <laughs> you see, it's, a, it's one of those words. I mean, you know, you know what it is, Anonymous. It's one of those words that we, you hardly use. You know, okay? sometimes I have to break the word. Sometimes the words are Latin. You know, in flowers, you get a, a word called azalea, and then you got a Latin word. It's so hard to pronounce that Latin word. Ah, but so we know what we're talking about, so let's just go on with the show. Okay. <laughs> now, I would ask the doctor there. I got a personal problem. The last time I spoke on Bongi Gwala's show some years ago, uh, some months ago, before while he was on the show, he's no longer here, then uh, he said, uh, his doctor said that I had UTI. And I went to the hospital the same month, a few days later, and they said I don't have UTI after testing me. But I have one problem now that started recently, so I want to ask the doctor if there is a cure or not, or it's an ongoing problem that I'll have to, uh, you know, stay with. Uh, I, when I go to the loo to urine, I urine completely. But then, after a few seconds, I'm still sitting on the pan, and after a few, few seconds, a few drops come out. And then after a few seconds again, another few drops come out. So I don't know what's the cause of it, or if there's a cure for it, or what's causing the problem. But it started recently. All right, and and also mm-hmm. if the, see sometimes we drink additional water, and sometimes the water makes us. Uh, although I'm a hypertension uh, type two uh, diabetes, and um, sometimes water, excessive water, and when I drink rooibos tea, I always say when I drink rooibos tea, I like run a lot too many times. Would 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 my eight tumblers of water for the day, my two liters, and my rooibos tea, I run a lot, uh, you know, to the toilet. I like wake up too early in the morning, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Mm. All right, so let's allow the doctor to weigh listen in. To her on the airwaves. Okay, excellent. Thank, Thank you, you so anonymous. Much. Thank you. Bye, Doctor Kova, Can we respond to anonymous? Yes, thank you. It's uh, once again, it's difficult to give the individualized advice uh, on the radio without an assessment. But it sounds like anonymous is uh, emptying the bladder, but not completely. There is like a few drops left, and the reasons behind it could be kind of structural issues, or maybe a prolapse, or something uh, descending in the vagina, like bladder wall, um, and the blood is not able to empty completely. Uh, it's important when you pass urine to just kind of, uh, we, we call it double voiding. So pass urine and try again to make sure that the blood is emptied. That might help. And also see a specialist to work out if there isn't actual problem that can be sorted. So if there is a prolapse, we can treat it with a surgery or maybe conservative measures, uh, blood of, um or pelvic floor exercises or kegels are very important to help with this problem. We also have this special chair called Abzella chair that does pelvic floor exercises for you. So you sit on the chair fully dressed and electromagnetic impulses stimulate the nerves in the pelvis that then cause contraction of the muscles in the pelvis. And in 28 minutes, patient experiences 11,000 Kegel exercises. So it's like a huge um, time, uh, amount of uh, pelvic floor exercises within a short period of time. And the treatment course is six sessions of Enzelache, and that helps to improve muscle tone in the pelvis and improve the urination. So that's the answer to the question about little drops that coming out 
uh, after the emptying bladder. And the other question was, was about diabetes or what was it? Oh, it was rooibos tea and running to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> Look, rooibos tea, coffee uh, are all bladder stimulants and they're diuretics. So they cause production of urine and uh, they cause us to run to the bathroom a lot. So it's basically normal. So you, you just have to be aware that it's normal if it's something that is irritating you. Don't drink rooibos tea, stick to water. Chamomile tea at night is quite good because it does not cause uh, diuresis. So it doesn't cause you go running to the bathroom all the time and waking up at night and it helps to sleep. So instead of rooibos tea, try chamomile tea at night. <laughs> chamomile tea instead of rooibos. So here's a question from an anonymous uh, on WhatsApp saying, I'd uh, like to remain anonymous. Can you get uh, incontinence from keeping your urine in uh, for a long time and not going to relieve yourself immediately on the number one or number two? Yes, it's possible. Um, the good uh, bowel and bladder habits are quite important, meaning as soon as you have an urge, it's advisable to pass urine or open your bowels. Keeping the urine in for too long uh, may lead to bladder infection, and that can lead to the incontinence. So, but now what happens if your child is at school and they want to go do a number two or a number one and the teacher says, you can't go right now, you know, it's not class time. It's it's not break time. So well, what happens to this poor child? I don't think it's a problem because you should be able to wait. <laughs> you know, you don't need to go to the bathroom more frequently than every two hours. Okay. So, okay. so it's also about bladder training. And sometimes what you find is that uh, you feel like you need to go, you go. Then you feel like you need to go in 15 minutes, you go again. And again and again and again. But actually, that uh, creates um, urgency. And one has to step back and just relax and understand that, like, look, I've just been, I'm going to be fine. I can just like hold on and try to practice my um, pelvic muscle tone and not run every 15 minutes, but actually wait until an hour or two hours. Now, I've seen that uh, there are a couple of types of incontinence. And uh, here, um, Robson, Namisi Robson, who's in Mpumalanga, is asking how many types of incontinence are there? There's quite a few. Uh, I'll uh, just distinguish a number of them. Uh, the biggest uh, different num- uh, incontinence, uh, which is stress incontinence. And that's incontinence that happens when one laughs or sneezes or coughs or jumps or runs. So that basically happens when there's some kind of stress factor on the bladder and urine leaks. This incontinence is quite common. It's common in women who just had babies. Uh, pelvic floor exercises are very helpful. And if we have excluded infection, we try to perform pelvic floor exercises, but it has not helped. We've tried maybe even Mzella chair and a few other non-invasive options that we have, such as laser or radiofrequency treatments. We end up then doing a surgery to treat this type of incontinence.
There's also urgency or urge incontinence or overactive bladder. And just as the definition is overactive bladder means that the bladder wall contracts too much and one wants to run to the bathroom all the time. So it's something like when you come home with the groceries and you think of the bathroom and you just have to run and you don't quite make it, you leak and that's your urgent or urgency incontinence. The treatment for this incontinence is medical. We prescribe medication that helps to relax bladder muscle and stop this overactivity in the bladder. And there's lots of different tablets that we can give for this type of incontinence, and they're quite effective. Of course, unfortunately, they have some side effects like dry mouth, but there are safer treatments that have less side effects that have been developed recently. There is a mixed incontinence combination of urge and stress incontinence. And then there is an overflow where the blood is too full and is not able to, con- uh, to hold the urine in the bladder and the urine just leaks at any time without urgency or stress. These various treatments for this condition and uh, women should just ask for help and they will be helped. Well, women and men should be asking for help so yes. they can get their help. And I'm glad that we have this uh, sort of, um, you know, topics on the show so that we are aware of what's out there when it comes to diseases that are quite embarrassing, to put it lightly. But there are remedies to help. This ATMA says, um, can the doc please explain why there seems to be a quicker urine flow after drinking hot lemon drinks? It's once again, it's a lemon is a blood irritant, uh, so it irritates the bladder wall and the bladder wall contracts more and hence you have more uh, urine flow. And then uh, he continues to say, what causes pain when one passes urine and the, there's remaining urine when one thinks they have finished passing the urine? Passing urine should not cause pain. If there is pain, most likely there is a bladder infection that can easily be treated with antibiotics. And usually the feeling that there is something left in the bladder most likely is caused by the irritation or inflammation in the bladder wall, once again related to infection or rarely related to condition like interstitial cystitis. So it's an inflammation in the bladder wall that is not caused by bacteria, but caused by various other inflammatory factors that we don't really know much about. There is another reason for uh, that one that can cause bladder pain, and that could be actually infection in the vagina. So if there is some kind of um, inflammation in the vaginal skin, and as urine is passed, uh, it touches the vaginal wall or vulval skin, it can cause pain and irritation. And in those cases, obviously, vaginal infection should be treated to sort out this type of pain. Let's go to a 
quick break. A-teamers, we're talking urinary incontinence, uh, treatment for that, and uh, some of the signs and symptoms. The doctor is uh, Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's a gynecologist and endoscopic surgeon. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. After the break, we'll come back to your messages. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Talking uh, urinary incontinence and the treatment of it, we have Dr. Natalia Novikova. A-teamers, remember that this segment of the show is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. If you'd like to interact, you can do so by SMSing 41391 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Dr. Novikova, here's a question here from an anonymous ATMO who says, I'm living with a disability, spina bifida, and I'm incontinent. Um, it is very embarrassing and causes one to feel very small. I'm even scared to be in a relationship with someone who's not disabled. I was once in a relationship and I was scared to tell my partner about my condition. However, our relationship didn't even last for some reason, please ask for me um, if there is any way of introducing this challenge with a partner without being ashamed. It's a, yeah, it's a trickier type of situation and I think you know, we we all have to pass urine and open our bowels and it's part of our everyday living. Everyone does it. We have sex, we eat, we pee, we pass urine, um, we poo. And kids, are actually like my kids, they'll be very proud of their poo or their wee and they've got no shame and embarrassment about it. And I think maybe we can go back to that and treat it as part of our everyday essential functions. It's what we all do and there is no reason to be ashamed of it. And I think uh, a loving partner would understand it. Incontinence is tricky, but one can manage if if the actual incontinence is not manageable because of uh, disability. One then has to just manage effects of it, making sure that the skin um, in the area is looked after and well moisturized. So there is no ulcers and uh, it's kept in a good condition. There is no smell. Um, so one, I think, can get around it uh, in all kinds of ways. Some people live with a urinary catheter, so it's a tube that we insert in the bladder that it stays there permanently um, to avoid urinary leakage uh, at all times and irritation to the skin and uh, adverse effects of that. So there's like a few things that uh, one can do to make it uh, as comfortable as possible. And shame, I think it all depends, it could come from how we feel about it. And if we can not concentrate on shame, but rather think about it as, well, it's part of me, it's how I am, and it's okay. The partner would have to treat it the same way. Mm, and you need to just be open and honest to a partner about whatever condition. But in the case of Anonymous, who has uh, spina bifida, could there be a, a treatment for her condition, the urinary incontinence? 
you know, this very, very variety of uh, kind of um, severity of urinary incontinence that may happen in this condition. But I think prob- most likely having the permanent bladder catheter, so making having a tube in the bladder would be one of the options. And people learn to catheterize, meaning inserting this tube themselves so they can have the tube when they need it and take it out and put it back in. Uh, so that would be like very simple mechanical way of sorting out the condition without knowing what else can be done. Uh, otherwise, an assessment by urologist would be advisable and that would give you answers of what else can be done, maybe medications, maybe some other treatments. Another ATM I said, uh, who's also anonymous, saying, my urine burns me all the time. It's been long and I got no help from men's clinic. Every time I pass urine, it burns so badly. Doctor, what could be the cause? Urine burns when there's a blood infection. If it's not a blood infection, you really need to see a urologist to get the advice on what the cause is and to get help. Uh, it's certainly not normal, and uh, it has to be assessed and treated. Now, I- I'd like us to go to to this this point. If one, especially the females, has um, a uh, urinary incontinence, uh, <laughs> there we go again. Well, a urinary leak, and they're having yes. sexual intercourse. Um, could this, and, and we know that there are women who are able to squirt and those who aren't able to squirt. Could those women who are having leaks be mistaken for women who are squirting? Absolutely. And it's just fine. It's just fine. Yeah. I don't think anyone can distinguish between two in the process. (laughs) But then what if a woman says this happens quite often? Is this the time then you need to go and, and check out with your urologist or gynecologist? Absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe let's go through some of the telltale signs, Doc. The signs? The, the signs of when you should be going to see a doctor to check out if you are not one who's suffering from leaks. Look, if you are leaking only during the sexual intercourse um, and no other leakage, it's probably not urinary incontinence. It's more likely to be good lubrication and squatting. If you're leaking at other times, and how would you distinguish vaginal discharge and urinary leakage? Well, it's color and the smell. Then you should definitely see your doctor or gynecologist or urologist. If you have any type of urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence, you must see a doctor. There is no question about it. It's it's not normal to have urinary incontinence. It should you should be assessed and uh, given a treatment, depending on the type of incontinence and severity of it, and what other treatments you've had before and what conditions that are chronic that you're suffering from. And obviously incontinence is not uh, restricted to age, but at what age should we be really looking out for it? I don't think you can miss it. If you have it, you'll know you have it. If you don't have it, great. Incontinence is extremely common. Like for when women reach the age of 40, 50, almost 50% of women would have experienced it at least once in their life. And having one episode 
after, let's say, a lot of coffee or a bit of alcohol, you don't need to see a doctor. If it's just once off and it hasn't repeated yourself, it's not really a disease and it's just fine. However, if it's something that happens regularly, then you have to see a doctor. When women get to the age of 70, 80, about 70% of them would have incontinence. Nursing home residents, major, vast majority of them have urinary incontinence, especially women. It's not as common in men, but still happens quite a lot. About 15 to 20% of men would develop incontinence by the age of 60. Um, so age is as it's important, but incontinence is more common as we get older. All right, so at least we know when to start looking out for it. Um, But obviously, when you have it, you will know. No one needs to tell you. And you need to head on to your gynecologist or a urologist. Uh, Dr. Novakova, always such a great pleasure to have you on air. You inform us and you really educate us. Give us your contact details for all our A-teamers who might be suffering from this condition that is embarrassing but treatable. And uh, so we can get some help. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for inviting me. Always fun chatting to you. Uh, my contact details are uh, my website, drnovikova.coza. Excellent. Simple as that. drnovikova.co.za. Thank you very much. Until we speak again. Thank you. Have a good evening.